1: have felt the liberating, redeeming power of this book of books, and their changed lives have changed the world and the course of history.
0: The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar is your opportunity to hear this unique book, the entire Bible, every year. Now,
2: here's the host of The Bible Live, Soapy Dollar.
0: And here we are.
2: Thank you for joining with us for this evening's edition of The Bible Live we're going to be reading the book of Acts. We'll pick up in our second reading in this book of history, this time of transition from the time of the Gospels, the life and the ministry of Jesus the Messiah. After his death and resurrection, as you remember, he spends 40 days teaching his disciples, being with them, and then he ascends. And we have this wondrous beginning of the new church age, the era of the Holy Spirit. When God's Spirit comes to Permanently indwell and escort every believer from the time of our spiritual birth to the time we go on through the door of death or if he comes to get us, the Holy Spirit will now be our faithful escort. When I'm working with the men and women in the military, particularly the Air Force, we talk about a wingman. Each one has a wingman. You're never to leave your wingman. Well, this is the perfect wingman. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell with us, guide us, protect us, provide for us in so very many ways. He is our permanent escort, each and every one of us personally, our escort to glory. He is going to deliver us to the throne of God, perfect and clothed in the righteousness of Jesus, the Messiah. He will get us there. He is here to transform our lives, changing us from the inside out. Not us keeping a bunch of rules from the outside, but him transforming our very desires, our will, our heart. Then we've begun to see how the church begins there in the city of Jerusalem, from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts of the world. Right now, though, we need to go on to our wisdom and worship segment. We spend some time each and every night opening and ending of our program in the Psalms and the Proverbs. Now we pick up in chapter 12 of the Proverbs, instruction about teaching and learning and being teachable as God's followers. Proverbs 12, 15 through 28. Fools think they need no advice, but the wise listen to others. A fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. An honest witness tells the truth. A false witness tells lies. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Truth stands the test of time. Lies are soon exposed. Deceit fills hearts that are plotting evil. Joy fills hearts that are planning peace. No real harm befalls the godly, but the wicked have their fill of trouble. The Lord hates those who don't keep their word, but He delights in those who do. Wise people don't make a show of their knowledge, but fools broadcast their folly. Work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and become a slave. Worry weighs a person down. An encouraging word cheers a person up. The godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. Lazy people don't even cook the game they catch, but the diligent make use of everything they find. The way of the godly leads to life. Their path does not lead to death. End of reading Proverbs 12, 15 through
0: 28. It's been Listening to the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. I believe Isaiah was a prophet of old. The Lamb was slain just as he foretold. I believe Jesus was the Word made man, and He died for my sins, and He rose again.
2: Don't you know that?
0: I believe I All believe. right,
2: we believe. We are into the book of Acts tonight. We're in chapter 4, verse 5. Let me give you a little bit of a heads up as to where we are going and what has happened so far. The book is written to Theophilus. Luke wrote both of his books, the Gospel of Luke and then now the book of Acts, and dedicated them to this individual, Theophilus, a friend or lover of God. Could have been a real person or it could have been to all people who love God and seek God. He begins there with Jesus' resurrection and his ascension. In An outline of the book there is found in Acts 1-8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. In chapter 2, he comes as the disciples wait on him in Jerusalem, as Jesus had instructed them to do. This is not like the Spirit of God has arrived on planet earth for the first time in all of his existence He's everywhere, present at all times, so he's always been here. This is him here in a committed relationship to God's people, to a believer. He has now come to Tabernacle to dwell with us and walk with us and guide us and protect us and provide for us individually. Each of us, he is our escort to glory. He will not fail in his task. He will not fail. You belong to God now. You do not belong to yourself You've been bought with a price, and the Holy Spirit is here to make good on God's possession. Isn't it wonderful that God desires and is jealous and zealous for you, and His Spirit has come to escort you to glory? Now the point is, is are we going to get there kicking and screaming, or are we going to relax and trust and obey Him and collaborate with the Holy Spirit in the work of sanctification? Peter and John have healed a lame man, and they are now to appear before the Jewish council. They're in big trouble, but God will work in their lives and through them. Tonight on the Bible Life, Acts 4:5 through 6:15, followed by Proverbs 12: verses 15 through 28. Acts 4. The next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there, along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. They brought in the two disciples and demanded, By what power or in whose name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Leaders and elders of our nation, are we being questioned because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed in the name and power of Jesus Christ from Nazareth, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, The stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. There is no other name in all of heaven for people to call on to save them. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men who had had no special training. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. But since the man who had been healed was standing right there among them, the council had nothing to say. So they sent Peter and John out of the council chamber and conferred among themselves. What should we do with these men, they ask each other. We can't deny they have done a miraculous sign, and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. But perhaps we can stop them from spreading their propaganda. We'll warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. So they called the apostles back in and told them never again to speak or teach about Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about the wonderful things we have seen and heard. The council then threatened them further, but they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. For everyone was praising God for this miraculous sign, the healing of a man who had been lame for more than 40 years. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John found the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said then all the believers were united as they lifted their voices in prayer o sovereign lord creator of heaven and earth the sea and everything in them you spoke long ago by the holy spirit through our ancestor king david your servant saying why did the nations rage why did the people waste their time with futile plans the kings of the earth prepared for battle the rulers gathered together against the lord and against his messiah that is what has happened here in this city For Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate the governor, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. In fact, everything they did occurred according to your eternal will and plan. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give your servants great boldness in their preaching. Send your healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the building where they were meeting shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they preached God's message with boldness. All the believers were of one heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own. They shared everything they had, and the apostles gave powerful witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great favor was upon them all. There was no poverty among them because people who owned land or houses sold them and brought the money to the apostles to give to others in need. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles for those in need.
1: This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
2: Acts 5 there was also a man named ananias who with his wife sapphira sold some property he brought part of the money to the apostles but he claimed it was the full amount his wife had agreed to this deception then peter said ananias why has satan filled your heart you lied to the holy spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself the property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished and after selling it the money was yours to give away how could you do a thing like this you weren't lying to us but to god As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. Then some young men wrapped him in a sheet and took him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, was this the price you and your husband received for your land? Yes, she replied, that was the price. And Peter said, how could the two of you even think of doing a thing like this, conspiring together to test the spirit of the Lord? Just outside that door are the young men who buried your husband, and they will carry you out too. Instantly she fell to the floor and died. When the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear gripped the entire church and all others who heard what had happened. Meanwhile the apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people, and the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared to join them, though everyone had high regard for them. And more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord, crowds of both men and women. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats, so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came in from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. The high priest and his friends, who were Sadducees, reacted with violent jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in jail. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. Then he told them, Go to the temple and give the people this message of life. So the apostles entered the temple about daybreak and immediately began teaching. When the high priest and his officials arrived, they convened the high council along with all the elders of Israel then they sent for the apostles to be brought for trial but when the temple guards went to the jail the men were gone so they returned to the council and reported the jail was locked with the guards standing outside but when we opened the gates no one was there when the captain of the temple guard and the leading priest heard this they were perplexed wondering where it would all end then someone arrived with the news that the men they had jailed were out in the temple teaching the people The captain went with his temple guards and arrested them, but without violence, for they were afraid the people would kill them if they treated the apostles roughly. Then they brought the apostles in before the council. "'Didn't we tell you never again to teach in this man's name?' the high priest demanded. "'Instead, you have filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about Jesus, and you intend to blame us for his death.' But Peter and the apostles replied, "'We must obey God rather than human authority.' The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead after you killed him by crucifying him. Then God put him in the place of honor at his right hand as prince and savior. He did this to give the people of Israel an opportunity to turn from their sins and turn to God so their sins would be forgiven. We are witnesses of these things and so is the Holy Spirit who is given by God to those who obey him. At this, the high council was furious and decided to kill them. But one member had a different perspective. He was a Pharisee named Gamaliel, who was an expert on religious law and was very popular with the people. He stood up and ordered that the apostles be sent outside the council chamber for a while. Then he addressed his colleagues as follows. Men of Israel, take care what you are planning to do to these men. Some time ago, there was that fellow Theudas who pretended to be someone great. About 400 others joined him, but he was killed, and his followers went their various ways. The whole movement came to nothing. After him, at the time of the census, there was Judas of Galilee. He got some people to follow him, but he was killed too, and all his followers were scattered. So my advice is, leave these men alone. If they are teaching and doing these things merely on their own, it will soon be overthrown. But if it is of God, you will not be able to stop them. You may even find yourselves fighting against God. The council accepted his advice. They called in the apostles and had them flogged. Then they ordered them never again to speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. The apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer dishonor for the name of Jesus. And every day in the temple and in their homes, they continued to teach and preach this message. The Messiah you are looking for is Jesus.
1: This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
2: Acts 6. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. Those who spoke Greek complained against those who spoke Hebrew, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the Twelve called a meeting of all the believers. We apostles should spend our time preaching and teaching the Word of God, not administering a food program, they said. Now look around among yourselves, brothers, and select seven men who are well-respected and are full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. We will put them in charge of this business. Then we can spend our time in prayer and preaching and teaching the Word. This idea pleased the whole group, and they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas of Antioch, a Gentile convert to the Jewish faith who had now become a Christian. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. God's message was preached in ever-widening circles. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. But one day some men from the synagogue of freed slaves, as it was called, started to debate with him. They were Jews from Cyrene, Alexandria, Cilicia, and the province of Asia. None of them was able to stand against the wisdom and spirit by which Stephen spoke. So they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen, saying, We heard him blaspheme Moses and even God. Naturally, this roused the crowds, the elders, and the teachers of religious law. So they arrested Stephen and brought him before the high council. The lying witnesses said, This man is always speaking against the temple and against the law of Moses. We have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple and change the customs Moses handed down to us. At this point, everyone in the council stared at Stephen because his face became as bright as an angel. End of reading, Acts 4, 5 through 6:15. I
0: believe Jesus was the word made man And he died in my sins And he rose again you're listening you to the Bible Live I with Sophie Dollar I, believe. I believe in the word of God. I
2: All right, that's the testimony of the apostles tonight as we see them. Just think, only uh, just a few weeks before we saw these same men, Peter, John, James, the disciples fleeing for their lives, abandoning their Messiah, their leader, in the uh, risk of being arrested. And now, after seeing him resurrected from the dead, and after hearing the instructions and the guidance, they are entirely transformed. Even the council, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no seminary training whatsoever. And I'm not down on seminary training. I think special training is good, but it can be no substitute for the anointing and the filling of God's Holy Spirit and the boldness, the integrity of a man who walks with God. They were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures, but they also recognized them. This is really good. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Can people see that we have been in the presence of the Lord? And what is that like? What does that mean? What do you think is the mark of the believer? What is the real mark of a man who has spent time with Jesus? The day of Pentecost has now passed, 50 days after uh, the Passover, when Jesus had been crucified. And now they're acting. I like the word acts. This is not called talks. This is called Acts. (laughs) They went out and lived out the gospel. They just didn't talk about it. They did a lot. We cannot stop, they said, telling about everything we have seen and heard. For sure, they did some talking, but there was a lot of acting involved. They backed up their talk with their walk. Now then, Peter and John are arrested. They are threatened by the powers that be there. Annas, the high priest, remember, Annas has been placed as the high priest in place of Caiaphas, his father-in-law, by the Romans. And that's why you have this duality, two high priests at the same time, at this unique time in history. They are questioned, Peter and John are, by the Sanhedrin, the high council members. And they just tell them flat out, we can't obey you. You think God wants us to obey you rather than him? They leave under threat, but clearly saying that we are going to obey God. But as soon as they're released, they go back to the other believers. And just as this is the church born out of a prayer meeting, they'll go back to another prayer meeting. And what do you think of their prayer? O Sovereign Lord, Creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, they have a high and lofty view of God. They recognize that the nations and that the people of this world either the religious authorities or the political authorities, the civil authorities, or perhaps even just the people, the masses, the mob, is against God in this case, many of them. They are threatening them and against God. And yet still they say, Lord, give us boldness to preach your word. The place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. When people are filled with the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, sometimes there are signs and wonders. People are healed. People's lives are transformed and changed. At other times, there was this ecstatic utterance, and sometimes even the speaking another language without learning it. This was a way that God had of indicating to Peter and to the apostles that he is pouring out his Spirit on all flesh, not just Jewish people, but Gentiles, having the same experience of conversion. And they, too, have these same signs that the Spirit of God has now come to indwell and walk with them as well. And the speaking of the other language, that was that signal to them that it is for all people, not just for a Jewish people. But the one thing that you can always see happen when people are filled with the Holy Spirit, there won't always be miracles and there won't always be tongues, but there will always be powerful, fruitful proclamation of the gospel message, bold witness, and a tremendous harvest of souls. That is the biggest, most consistent evidence of a person being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now the believers were sharing their possessions with one another. The believers were suffering persecution in Jerusalem So they began to share their possessions with each other, taking care of each other. Some people today try to make that a political statement, that that is the biblical endorsement, God's endorsement of socialism. Nothing can be further from the truth, because this is not socialism, because the believers were sharing their possessions voluntarily. They were not under any mandate. That's what the church leaders tell Ananias and Sapphira. You didn't have to give any of your money. This is all voluntary. Why would you lie to the Holy Spirit? And we have this example of God endorsing integrity upon the church of that time. This real estate deal gone bad whenever they lied about it, it's not a matter of socialism. Socialism continues to be a great, great sin. It is no more than legalized stealing from people their private possessions. Socialism is never endorsed in the scriptures. This is believers voluntarily sharing. And that's the wonder and the beauty of the, of the American experience over the first 200 years. This has been an experiment in Christianity as well as in democracy. With the spirit of Christianity on this nation, people have voluntarily given tremendous charitable donations, building hospitals and schools and taking care of people, feeding the hungry, clothing, uh, healing the sick voluntarily giving of our talents and our time and our treasure to help other people. This nation has been known for that, but now as the government has taken over the role, we see more and more drying up of personal charity, really a tremendous shame. We must turn that back around. Now we are introduced to a man named Gamaliel. He stands up for the disciples, the apostles, when they are arrested again. And he says, be careful as you attack these people that we don't end up fighting against God. Now, this is a respected expert in the law. Gamaliel is the teacher of a man named Saul, whom we will soon meet. So many details as we go through this early church experience. These are followers of Jesus the Messiah. The apostles here are building on the foundation that was already laid by John the Baptist and by Jesus the Messiah himself in his preaching and his teaching the foundation of ministry that he laid there in jerusalem and in the surrounding area so they're building on that foundation god is at work within them you've already met gamaliel this expert in law member of the council of leaders he has a young disciple named Saul that we haven't met yet but he will become the mighty missionary paul of the first century now stephen this deacon. This servant of the people is going to figure prominently in our Life next reading. Sophie,
1: See then. Sophie reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndale House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America. And your financial support is needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to the Bible Live, post office box eighteen eight eighty-eight. That's the Bible Live, P.O. Box eighteen eight eight eight. San Antonio, Texas 78218 You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website thebiblelive.com Now don't forget, join us each weekday for The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Start today and in one year's time we will read and respond together to the entire Bible Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word.